Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne. My name is Chris, and today we are joined by Malik. Malik is uh, an artist here in Austin. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody? Yeah, so uh, I'm Malik, just a local artist and producer, um, expressing myself through through art. <laughs> yeah. it, you say local artist and producer, but you've had you've had some you've had some wins so far. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which uh, we'll get into. But I, you know, I didn't know a lot of uh, background. I was just looking like, yeah, any articles on Malik? And it was just like, oh, shit, go Malik. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was cool. But you just uh, you just dropped Red, which is your first solo record, right? Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's been uh, a journey to get to this point. Um, <laughs> I originally had put out early versions of this close to three years ago. And that's kind of when the ball kind of started rolling. Uh, people started to find me and ended up, you know, being flown out to LA for meetings and whatnot. And so I had to kind of put the, the project on hold and it's kind of been like a guessing game on when this project will come out, who's going to support, how it's going to be supported. And yeah, and we're finally here. <laughs> and it's always the, the interesting thing about being an artist, right? Like you just want to yeah. focus on the art so much, but there's such a, a game to play in terms of all right, how do I get into the position where I can just release the art and it works? Or even when I release the art and people are into it, you have to go on all these kind of deviations to just yeah. make it back to the point of getting the work out. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, it's a process and you, you definitely learn what patience is and, <laughs> and time more than anything for sure. It, so you said the initial version started working on three years ago. How's that? Yeah. Does the one that just came out today differ dramatically? Is it very similar? Oh, it's completely different. Okay. I think um, at the time, funny enough, I was like, I didn't know how to make angry music. <laughs> um, and I think through these last few years, just being put in a lot of unfortunate situations, I I guess stopped being afraid of, of channeling my anger and, yeah. and getting it out in a very straightforward, aggressive way. Um, which is something that Kanye West is amazing at. Uh, <laughs> so I definitely, you know, I'm, I'm pulling references from there. I'm like, okay, yeah, like I can, I can do this and still feel like myself, you know? Right, like, because that emotion is part of all of us, and it's even if it's absolutely momentary and not like your default, you're not walking around angry all the time. Like, right, right. So you may not want to convey that in the song all the time. Like, it's still good to be able to draw on that and let it fuel like the lyrics, the production, the the approach. I, I was listening to the song and uh, it had me thinking, I don't know if you caught the the tweet, it was making me think of uh, Kid Cudi and Travis Scott, kind of, mm. if they came together into just one artist, what would it sound like? And that's the vibe wow. I was getting from, <laughs> from That's Red. a huge compliment right there. I'm a big, big fan of, of both of them, man. I was just uh, listening to Men of the Moon the other day, still like... No, there's not nothing touches that. Like, I can't. I don't. I don't know if there's another person even in that realm as far as what he was doing. It still feels like, like very fresh, right? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Like nothing on that album is is trendy, men mm -hmm. like at all. 
and yeah timeless timeless music for sure i still get like randomly intergalactic stuck in my head <laughs> yo that song is yeah yeah incredible yeah but incredibly catchy heart of a lion was always my jam on that album i was just like yes yes <laughs> <laughs> no i'm with you man i'm with you uh yeah you were saying uh channeling some Kanye there for inspiration. What what are some of the artists that you've kind of looked to or uh, been looking to between that period of first creating Red and then getting back to it? And Yeah, so for me, it's it's been Kanye, um, Tyler the Creator, um, Childish Gambino, Frank Ocean have been like the main four artists that I like really, really connected to. Mm. Um as far as like bringing in alternative black perspectives, but it not being so like singular where, you know, other people can't really relate to it or like, you know, understand what I'm talking about or, you know, be able to like live with my art. Yeah. Um, those four for sure are like the main four. And then of course, like, you know, you get bits and pieces here and there, you, you know, you get Travis Scott, Toro y Moi, um, yeah, I could, you know, I could go on Tame Impala, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. Yeah. That's, uh, interesting that a lot of the artists that you named are some of the ones that really have that back and forth duality of like singing, rapping, or just that nebulous area of those things. Yeah. Cause on red, you kind of had that switch back and forth between having that flow, but also feeling like at any moment you could go into just song with it. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I mean, melody is, is what moves people. Um, and I think just learning more about my voice through the years, I realized that's what people like about me and, and my voice and what I can do. Um, so kind of embracing that and learning, all right, cool. I don't need to like sit here and try to, you know, sing like a Frank Ocean every song, <laughs> but maybe if I can, if I can bring in little elements, um, of, of melody that kind of get stuck, get stuck in people's heads, uh, I think I can accomplish my goal. Do you remember when that kind of became a, a bigger thought for you? Was there kind of one performance or one moment where you're like, oh, my voice, like not just the lyrics, not just like everything else, but. Um, I want to say actually the beginning of, of Spectrum, when I first started working on it a couple of years ago, um, the whole purpose of it was for me to explore different genres and explore different sounds that I had never really like, dove into before mm -hmm. um because i think i was i was kind of really really black and white where either i'm like rapping very very bluntly or i'm singing very very like airy <laughs> and studying someone like uh like drake who kind of toes that line where he there's melody but it's still kind of rough and it's still it sounds like he's rapping but you can't really define it um and then of course like where a lot of rap is today it, it is very much you know that like hybrid of of melody and rap yeah. um i think that's what kind of got my foot into it and, and then of course like um everything that, that kanye's done um you know eight and heartbreak being a very you know clear <laughs> uh clear reference point um yeah, I, I think that's what kind of gave me the confidence. And then, oh, another really, really big moment was when uh, Awaken My Love came out. Uh, and yeah. hearing Childish Gambino take a complete hard right <laughs> turn and do it so incredibly. Like, it didn't sound like, oh, you know, this is his first attempt at doing, like, some soul funk. It was like, you know, if that was your introduction to him, oh, yeah, that's just what he does and that's yeah. who he is. Um, but that was incredibly, incredibly inspiring for sure. You talking about, uh, Gambino earlier and starting to say, you know, you had that black and white mode of rap or song. Gambino was one of the people I started thinking about because I feel like he was somebody that also was, hadn't found the mesh of it or the, the dovetail of it yet. Uh, yeah. listening back to like camp, like he had moments where he was trying, but it was very like off and on, but then getting yeah. into his next albums, you can just see him mastering that ability of switching between those things, melding them together and just how absolutely. well it's gone for him. No, absolutely, man. He's, uh, 
Yeah, a, a big, big inspiration. Just like, and even outside of just music, him being able to do everything, you know? Like, that's what I want to do. I don't want to just do music. I don't want to just do, you know, clothes. Like, I want to do everything I want to do. I want to write. Um, and I'm just not being able to take the steps to to do that. But he's he's another one of those where it's like, yo, if you have an idea or you have a passion for something, you can do it and you can do it well. And it can be, you know, accepted by by the people you want to reach. Absolutely. And did, you did uh, you did the production on Red as well, right? Like you're yeah, you're the I uh, you're the ringleader the of producer. everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for like for for this project, I wanted to I wanted to do everything. So I produced it, engineered it, mixed it, mastered it. Um, so yeah, every bit that you hear is is coming from me. And then the goal is like to show people what I can do as a pure nucleus. And then as I expand and grow, I can bring in more people to like take over different parts and, you know, additional produ producers and features and other people coming in to do mixing and mastering. Um, but yeah, maybe it's a, a pride thing. Maybe it's, you know, I just want to show people what I can do. I was like, yo, this first one has to just be me. So people can't say anything to me. And then, um, just grow from there yeah. um i mean you've probably i'm sure been online <laughs> seeing all the conversations of people and the pros and cons they list for all of your favorite artists and just yeah. the things that they try to attack people with and you're yeah. just like yeah i'm not gonna let anybody try to attack me with like i can't produce i can't mix mess like this is me right right like showing off but so that you know i can Absolutely. But I think it can very, very quickly become like a um, like a, a problem when now you're too afraid to step out and work with other people, yeah. you know, because of whatever like rules you set up in your mind. Or And that was actually something that that um, no ID helped me a lot through um, as far as learning how to collaborate, because um, we had a conversation about when he when him and Kanye and they were all starting to work on uh, 808s and Heartbreak and how that's the moment he really mastered, um, so I'm gonna call, uh, he mastered collaboration and bringing in all these different people in the same room and like knocking out beats like quick yeah. and incredible, like incredible stuff, bro, which led into Twisted Fantasy. It seemed like, um, 808s was kind of that testing ground mm -hmm. as far as learning how to pull in the right people to create a sound. And then Twisted Fantasy was like, okay, now we have this process. We're turning it to 100. And <laughs> I mean, we, we see what that is. Uh, so like when I when I look at my growth and I look like I look at my favorite artists and, and albums that are seen as top of the totem pole, like Twisted Fantasy is like undisputably top five rap album of all time. Like you can't, you can't tell me otherwise. <laughs> so if I'm going to do something up to that level, I need to study those processes. Yeah. Um, and it's going to take more than just my mind and to, to do something like that. You know, like there's so many people on that project that do things that Kanye can't do by himself, you know, as great as Kanye is. And we want him to, to, you know, do the soapies by himself and, yeah. you know, that, that whole thing. Um, a lot of the music that we championed Kanye for wouldn't have happened without other people in the room, you know, contributing. It's a huge part of everything. Like, I think back to when people will be like, oh, Kanye has help from people. It's just like Hemingway's big editor for most of his novels and things. That guy was writing paragraphs for Hemingway. Mm. Like, there's words in Hemingway's book that are his editor. There are words in like my recent novel that I didn't write that my editor wrote. Like, I've yep. written words in other people's books that come off as it was them that wrote it. Like, it's just a standard practice. I feel like when you get to a certain level, that it's just not all on you. And you need to. Yeah, when you're able to still yeah. have the vision, but embrace the ideas that everybody else can bring to the table yep. you can yeah and see that right there that's the thing like the vision is it like yeah and then you're able to pull in the right people like I, i've taken a, a small step into um like fashion a bit and and just learning about that infrastructure it's very much like 
all right, I have a vision for what this line is going to be or what this collection is going to be. And then you have countless people pulling references and and uh, doing cuts for you and, and, and like that aren't just me doing it by myself or one person <laughs> doing it by themselves because it's never it's never like you're never going to be able to, to do what you want to do on, on um, at a certain scale if it's just you in a room in a, a sewing machine, you know, like <laughs> we and like that's literally everything. And that's like an, another big thing I learned from No ID is like not being afraid of references because yeah. everything is reference based whether you're aware of it or not. So the goal isn't to run from pulling references from people or being inspired by other people. It's just widening that like that reference base to a point where you can't tell um, or like or not pulling just from one source because that's when you kind of you get the carbon copy and that's what right. that's what people are really afraid of is oh you're just a knockoff of such and such you know but if you can pull a little bit from here a little bit from there it becomes completely new and I, I feel like with Spectrum I'm, I'm on that road you know like yeah. I think even with the first song like you can definitely tell where I'm pulling references from but it isn't just from one thing and then of course as people hear you know the other songs i'm like okay it's it's not just this one thing but um yeah the, the goal is to get to a point I, I was actually thinking of it like um like uh, uh like screen resolution <laughs> and when you only have a few pixels you, you know you can see oh yeah that's a blue pixel that's a red <laughs> pixel you know but then once you start pulling in so many references or that re resolution goes up it becomes a, a clear image that is completely unique and you don't see, you know, you don't see the pickles anymore. And that's what I want for my music. And that's what I'm on that, you know, right. on the road to doing when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, that ability to synthesize, like draw from different sources, synthesize them all together, and that's what gives you your new flavor, your new energy, and yep. makes you unique. Like there's a there's a book by Robert Greene called Mastery, uh, the guy yep. that wrote like Thirty Three Strategies for War and uh, Forty Eight Laws of Power, and he talks about that for every like expert master that he studied, there was always a period where they picked one thing they looked into something else and then they ended up synthesizing like two to three things together. Yeah. And that's what made mm -hmm. them stand out. But it wasn't yeah. just purely like Da Vinci's just purely an artist. It's like he started as an artist, then went into this, yeah. went into this, and then we got Da Vinci and absolutely just on and on from like tennis greats to, there was a girl that's a, a scientist that's like the leading expert in robotic hands and she was a tennis pro for a long time. And it was just something oh, wow. with like the rackets and using the racket and having an understanding of grip that led her to fuse her interest in robotics with this understanding of the human hand. And that's incredible. Yeah. No, that's it right there, yo. Like when people are able to make those connections that people like you wouldn't naturally, you know, throw together. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's Not beautiful. At all. And yeah, it was so. Uh, no ID. Uh, that's not something that a lot of people like uh, stories of no ID and mentorship from no ID is not a, a thing a lot of people can throw around. Uh, yeah. How did uh, how did that connect come up? Man. OK, so back when I was first putting out Spectrum, um, you know, I'm at home, independent. No one knows who I am. I'm, th I'm you know, I'm putting stuff up and I'm just I'm sending crazy amounts of emails to blogs and, and stuff, you know, just doing what you can do to get your name out there. Um, and this company, uh, the people who manage JIT and Earth Gang, who are both signed to Dreamville, um, they had found some of my some of my work and they liked it. So um, I can't remember if I reached out or they followed me on Twitter or something like that. But anyway, we started talking and they're like, hey, we're working on these projects would love for you to come out and meet everybody and, and work and you see, you know, see what happens. Nice. So 
they fly me out to LA. Um, you know, I meet everybody. That's why I met J. Cole for the first time, which was like really, really nuts. That was like honestly <laughs> the, the craziest period because they had rented they rented a house and they just had everyone come to the house. So like countless artists and producers. And this is like me not ever like I haven't, I haven't met anybody. So I'm very quickly having to get over like the uh, the shock value of, of meeting people that I've been you know huge you know fans of for for yeah. you know for such a long time but um so yeah that's first I, you know I was I was working with Jid and Earth Gang and so I'm working on Jid's project and he had a studio session with No ID um so you know I'm there with them and there was a break in the session and they were like hey Malik why don't you play No ID some music just so you can kind of hear what you're doing. I play Orange, um, which is the next song coming out. Um, and no idea's gonna like, yo, this is this is really dope. Like, what's your situation? We should figure something out. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, hey, I'm here. Like, whatever <laughs> we gotta do, you know. Um, but even then, I was kind of like, let me let me not uh, put everything into this. I know, like, that's freaking no idea. I'm sure he's busy. He could want to do something. It could not work out. You know, a million things could kind of kind of happen to keep to keep that from um, playing out the way I would want it to. So I'm just taking it as nobody likes my music. Dope. Um, a few months later, I get invited to the Dreamville sessions um, in Atlanta, which was another crazy thing. It was just like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like this is insane. Uh, I get out there and like just crowds of, of, of people crowds of really dope talented people but crowds of people and like i don't know how this happened it could have you know it could have been god just setting up this moment for me but if you were there you would know no studio was ever empty ever like at all times <laughs> i walk into a studio and no idea just sitting there working on a beat no one else is in the room um and i'm like oh what's up no id how you doing Yo, man, I'm good. You want to help me with these beats? Hell yeah, I want to help you with these beats. <laughs> so he's sending me stuff. Uh, he's, you know, either chopping up samples or drums, and I'm finishing them. And slowly people start trickling in. Jid comes in. Swiss Beats walks in. He's like, yo, this beat is dope. He hops in the booth, puts some vocals on it. I'm like, yo. So there's like a photo of me working on this beat. It's no ID. And Swiss beats like watching me work on the beat, and in my mind I'm like, this is the craziest <laughs> moment. Like, <laughs> like rap legends right now are just chilling, listening to me work on this beat. Um, yeah, um, and that was the moment. No idea was like new. Okay, we're supposed to work. Yeah. So right after the Dreamville sessions had ended, he flew me back out to LA, and um, we started working. I, I stayed there for like two or three months just being like mentored by him. He's just helping me, you know, yeah. paperwork. He's just, yo, man, I, I mess what you're doing. I mess with you as a person. Let me know what you're trying to do. I want to help. So every day he's either giving me stories about Kanye because I'm a big Kanye fan. He's giving me tips on um, production. He's like life, like, like for real, for real, like, you know, no ID, my mental story. But like, for real, like, he's that guy, you yeah. know? Like, he's that guy. And it was like, it was wild. Like, it, and I knew that was like my music home. Like, that was the most comfortable I had ever felt um, outside of leaving my bedroom to do music. It was like, okay, like, this is this is the next step. For um, yeah, during that period, um, yeah, he's just introducing me to just mad people. I remember one day I'm in the studio working on a beat. And he's like, hey, like, have you met Sean? And I'm like, no, who's who's Sean? And then Big Sean walks in. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Yo, I'm a huge fan of your work, man. You wanna hear some you wanna hear some music? <laughs> you know, you just, you know, cool as whatever. Yeah. Um, but just like tons and tons of moments like that. Um, that were just yeah incredible man yeah, incredible it's, it's terrific to be able to have a mentor like that because it, it can make such a difference in terms of 
like the speed you're able to travel, like rather than yeah. driving at 10 miles an hour, being able to go 35, like in the carpool lane, like avoiding yeah. some traffic jams and just the, it's priceless having that. No, absolutely. That's so cool. And I, and I think even beyond that to like see someone in a place where I want to be yeah. at that age, yeah. you know, especially within the music industry, you know, like, He's very much still like at peace and happy and successful. And um, I think I hadn't physically seen someone like that um, at that age, especially like especially in rap. Like we're just now getting to the point where we have certain, you know, a few veterans and some people don't look as great as we'd wish they would or, you know, but he's one of those few people who have like aged incredibly well and is open to sharing that knowledge on how he ages you know and, and how he uh you know maneuvers through the industry how he takes steps out how, when he steps back in and yeah it's uh it's truly incredible it seems like a a big key to know too like just that mm -hmm. right there being able to step away and not feel like you have to be like going 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 that there's something like important something beneficial to just being able to like take a breath yeah no nah, it, it's everything it's literally everything what yeah. stood out to you the most when you were in those studios with people that were at the level that you wanted to be i guess like working with those professionals because you had been doing it locally in your room i'm sure with like some artists in the austin area when you get into that scene was there anything yeah. about their process, demeanor, the, um, I guess just the event that itself where you're like, oh, this is how it is. It was, oh, these are just regular people. Yeah. You know? And I'm trying to think, honestly, I don't think I met anyone that you would kind of, uh, I don't know, stereotypical, like, oh, he thinks he's, or he got a little bit of fame and he's whatever. Like, honestly, everyone that I met was like really, really genuine, really, really good people. You know, of course everyone has their things, but um, it was just really like, okay, like they're just regular people. Yeah. And um, I just admired the talent and work ethic and um, like the knowledge that a lot of these people had. And I was like, I was really just excited to be able to be there and see the way things work, you know? Cause I feel like that's the gap between being a, independent artists and being like a major label successful act it's like yo what is their process how do they yeah. like you know outside of okay i make good music but what like how do i how do i reach people who do i talk to who who like do i need to get my music in the hands of um and yeah that that knowledge right there is is priceless you know right because that is always such a big hurdle is like how do i go from this spot here to this next spot there like who yeah. do i need to involve because as you said like you're just like shotgunning out as far as you can to like can i send it to this person can i send it to this person will this work will this work and yeah. just knowing through that experience that it's just oh this person like i just have to i just have to go down this path rather than trying to walk all these different paths yeah no for real and i think i think with uh with no id he's kind of he's the no thing about him is he will, he helps you become more of who you are and doesn't try to shift you and be like, oh no, you shouldn't, you should only be doing like really underground stuff or you should be doing really pop stuff. It's like, no, what do you want to do? Okay, cool. This is what I've seen and this is how you're successful at that, you know? Yeah. And he's helped me like whenever he sees me falling for, for certain things that, may pull me off of like where i want to go he's like hey i've seen this before you might not want to go too far in that direction you know right. um one of the big things he we had we had a conversation about that really helped me as far as that balance and it's um balance between art pop and culture and every artist that has the big has had the biggest impact has a great balance of those three things you Interesting. know yeah yeah where art, of course, is what we just connect to emotionally, the things that we look at as progressive pop, just being understandable, consumable, right. um, and just can just reach people. And culture, 
the message that you're like, who are you speaking to? Why are you speaking to them? And what purpose does it have in people's lives? And if you can touch those three things in a song, in an album, in your marketing, in conversation, interviews, like you're going to make an impact. Absolutely. Yeah, because you have a a message that people can connect to and done in a way that people want to hear. I it makes me think about I'm always really interested in the like evolution of Kanye and Kendrick in both of their discographies because it seems like both started like in a very pop place. Of course they had art and they had culture in there as well, but both yeah. Good Kid, Mad City. I know Section Eighty, but Good Kid, Mad City, and like College Dropout had really like accessible inroads to the message and what was being said, and then they just keep mm. getting like heavier and like yeah. weirder with each album, like stepping more towards art with each one, to where like you yep. have Kanye kind of crescendoing with My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, and then going full into Yeezus, and then Kendrick yeah, with To Pimp a Butterfly, which is such a great example of those three things coming together, but then going into damn where he gets way more like highbrow artistic and loses some of the pop aspects, uh, Mm. in like song structures and stuff to where people are like, what is this? (laughs) And it's, yeah. I think one thing I've noticed is once you have people's attention, the the pop side is a bit easier Mm. to achieve because, you know, people are already there waiting to consume um but i mean as far as damn though i would i might have to disagree with you as far as it losing some some of the pop i think that was i think he did it so well that you didn't realize because when when humble came out i was like yo like okay he's on some like more current sounding rap you know especially coming off after a butterfly you know that was very very like jazz soul alternative to what was going on and then it almost felt like Kendrick was like yo okay like I can do that but also don't mess with me because I can (laughs) can mess up y'all's careers also yeah um but then he did balance it with a lot of other stuff and like you were saying song structure you know convictional song structure and um and you know Kendrick is is, is always going to be Kendrick so it's going to have that you know that unique aspect to it but I think yeah. that, as far as balance, might be his best balance of art, pop, and culture. I damn I ends up being my favorite. I think for that reason, like as much as I, I like, I love Good Kid, Mad City, and To Pepper Butterfly, but there's just something with like damn going that next level. I guess when I think about it as uh, losing some of the pop, it's in kind of the messaging, like the messaging in Good Kid, Mad City. And to pip a butterfly ends up being a bit more accessible. Where damn, there's some people that listen to it and they're like, "Oh, it's just like there's not the same degree of uh, concept as in the others." And it's like, "Oh no, there is." It's just oh yeah, done in a way or approached in a way that's less accessible uh, in that style, mm. which has turned some people off to it, even though there's so much going on. A lot there, man. There's yeah, there's so much there. Like listening to podcasts like uh, Dissect, yeah. you're like, oh man, okay. Like <laughs> I, that went completely over my head. Like I, I completely missed that. But um, I think listening to podcasts like that and, and you also like help me um, in my creation. Because once I know how people are listening and especially people who listen to music that I like and care about music the way I do, I know how to make music that will uh, appeal to them you know yeah hit those buttons strike those chords absolutely and like one, honestly one big thing for me is the way y'all relate um film to mm-hmm. albums and like the structure has been really really cool um <laughs> and helps me like okay i i know how i want to it, it gives me like a structure or at least options on how i can possibly structure songs and albums and how they can cross-reference each other and relate because that i don't know that that's what i love I yeah. love you get to the end of the album and it's like, oh man, there's a call back to the first song <laughs> that was that was unanswered and now he's finally giving me the answers to this. Like I don't know, that stuff that stuff is super, super dope and powerful. Yeah. Um, like just thinking about like as you mentioned that, thinking about the albums that I love that do that, like just started getting goosebumps just thinking about those moments where you're just yeah. like, 
Oh, that hits. Specifically, I've had Yay on my li- uh, mind a lot just because it was the mm-hmm. two-year anniversary. And thinking oh, yeah. about how Nikki's voicemail at the end of Yay ends up being a callback to her intro on My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. And it's like, mm. there she introduces the fantasy, and then at the end of Yay, it's like, reality's upon us, and Nikki's just leaving this voicemail. And it's like, you get these yeah. bookends that's very casual, but if you're listening to it in that way, it's just such a a punch, and such a... It ends that saga in a way that allows you to have some closure. No, absolutely, absolutely. Like, when, when I look at Kanye's discography, and like... The story it tells from college dropout to Jesus is King is like, yo, like I haven't read a book that has <laughs> of like a story arc, yeah. you know, like it's truly incredible. And and the fact that he's so aware of, okay, this album meant this to people. This is how I reply to that album with this next one, you know, yeah. and that context is so important. Um, but even if you don't have the context, it's still dope. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, it stands on its own by itself, or it when you're starting to dive into it in that way. And you know, There's we, uh, yeah. I think we've had some, maybe not criticism, but I've had conversations on Twitter where people are like, "How could you say that Kanye's discography has this continuity to it?" And it's like, uh, it's not necessarily that Kanye was like, "I'm gonna have all my albums." flow together and tell one large mega story so much as that each album captures that period in his life. And just because his life is linear and chronological, it gives those albums this kind of fictional story structure or this kind of structure that makes them feel like a book, like a movie in a way that's really cool. And that's just something to learn. Like as a, as a creative, like if I'm telling my story in this period of my life, then there starts to be this extra power in a way that maybe some other artists don't do because they're not telling that period of their life. They're just kind of capturing right. the next sound. Like Ideas that. or emotions or what? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. As long as you're telling your story, as long as your story continues to grow and move forward in, in a positive or negative way, it's going to relate to what you said before, you know, whether you stayed the same or you grew or you, man, now you're in a dark place and I'm dealing with this now. Um, it really gives people a, a, a like a journey to to follow and be affected by, yeah. which is yeah, super super dope. What uh, did you have? Not not that you have to. If you don't want to, you don't have to. But did you have a favorite story that you've heard about Kanye from No ID that you feel uh, okay telling? Mm-hmm. Favorite story about Kanye, man. I don't know if I have a favorite story that is not out there in some form or fashion. That yeah. I, I could tell you if you haven't heard, but I will say, um, well, I guess as far as him mastering the art of collaboration in that period was like hearing Nordy talk about that was like really, really incredible. And Nordy told me about this moment, how after the, after one of the studio sessions, like him and Kanye were talking and Nordy's like, you know, what we just did right. Like, you know, we just did. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, yeah, I do. And then you get 808s and Twisted Fantasy. But, um, it's awesome. I, no ID one day was playing me a bunch of unreleased stuff from, from, uh, 808s and, and Twisted Fantasy in that era. And, like, to hear some of the stuff that did not make it was like, yo, like, this is incredible. Like, this is really, really <laughs> crazy. Like, and I see why it didn't make it. Maybe it didn't fit quite fit sonically, or there's already another song doing the same thing in a different way. But dude, <laughs> stuff was, was wow. And even hearing like, um, alternate takes, like he played an alternate take of, um, heartless. I think it was. Ooh. And just hearing different melodies. He was, he was, he was playing around with was just like this is inspiring you know yeah um, and to even be in that position to be able to hear that stuff like this is i know so many <laughs> people want to hear this right now and i'm the one <laughs> i'm the one right here like able to take this stuff in and no idea breaking down oh so this is how we you know this is how we came to this idea and this is how it grew and evolved and this actually started here and then we had such and such come in and play replay the keys and 
yeah, it's just that's how I want to work. You yeah. know, I want to work with everyone that I'm inspired by, the best people on earth to make the best art as possible. Hell yeah. <laughs> lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Man, that makes me think of... I've recently like been trying to draw more. Like it's always mm-hmm. something I've wanted to be good at and was never good at, but did this whole like Udemy online course where I'm watching like 50 hours of videos and now I'm drawing more things. But one of the things that always jumped out to me was how much you see artists like draw something, erase it, draw something, erase it, and just how messy it can be getting it to that place. Yeah. And watching that made me realize in my own like fiction writing, like looking back at my novel, there's just chapters where I write the full chapter, tear it back down to sentences, like three sentences when it was 4,000 words and then build it back up again and doing that thing there. But then thinking about how you're describing it with music, it's you do something similar. You draw it out, you erase, you bring things in, you flesh it out and just over that process start to make it what it ends up being and how constructive it is. Absolutely, man. I think, uh, oh man, I, another cool little moment that uh, once again, more more gems from No ID. <laughs> so when we when we first met, I was kind of, I was really in this place where I wanted to be, and obviously I still do, critically acclaimed and respected as like a very very um, artistic artist. You know, mm-hmm. just like oh my goodness, I've never heard stuff like this. This is insane. And so a lot of my stuff was that. And I realized, like, over time, I'll play stuff for people, and they're like, yo, that's really crazy. I don't know how you rapped on that beat. Like, I never heard stuff like that. But then also people weren't understanding what I was saying or or the point of the musical because it was so, I'm going to throw 87 sounds in this, (laughs) and it's going to have eight switch-ups and just to show you what I can do. Um, And then I was – and then me and Nardi kind of had the conversation about, all right, like, what do you want to do? Like, what's your goal? I'm like, yeah, I want, I want to be one of the biggest artists on the planet um, and one of the most creative. And it's like, well, <laughs> I mentor Kanye, so <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I might have some knowledge that can help you. And he's like, you need to learn how to, how to do pop music. And the crazy, crazy thing is at that point, I had already produced two songs for Ariana Grande. So it's like, okay, I obviously have the skills and the talent to do that. But the thing that was getting in the way of me doing it personally in my music was like this weird artistic, like high browness, you know, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. But when that starts taking away from what you actually want to do, that's, you know, that that's an issue. So we, we were having a conversation uh, I almost, almost said the rapper's name, but I'm not gonna say it because uh, no idea was making fun of him. But there's this, <laughs> there's this rapper that I freaking love that I grew up listening to, um, who makes you know very very simple catchy music. And he's like, "Yo, Malik, how would you like that when you make stuff like this?" And I'm like, "What you mean? Like, I just I I love it. I don't know why you <laughs> you're sitting here making fun of this music. Like, this is really fire. This is dope." And he's like, "Well, you should be making stuff like that then." And I'm just like, "Well, ah." Uh, it's not really me, you know, I'm trying to do this. And he's like, if you like it, it is a part of you. Yeah. And I'm like, huh, I never like, and it's like <laughs> little simple things like that. I'm like, oh shoot, I've been kind of like a hypocrite. Like I'm liking something, but not accepting it, you know, yeah. in, 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 a, in a certain way. And that's when I learned, okay, every verse doesn't need to be me attempting to be super lyrical miracle all the time or let me say something that you probably won't understand it's like yo there's there's so much power in just being direct hey i'm really mad right now oh shoot he's mad i'm mad too <laughs> we're on the same page there's nothing else that needs to be said you know yeah. and, and then it also allows for those moments where you do choose to be really abstract and really really left 
those moments hold way more weight because it's sitting right next to the super blunt, simple stuff too. Yeah. And my favorite artists do both. They do all those things. They don't just do this one thing, you know, at least the artists that I, I aspire to be like, Absolutely. they have this spectrum, no pun intended, <laughs> um, of art and, and skills underneath their belt. So yeah, once, once me and No ID had that conversation, it kind of unlocked the things that I learned by working uh, with Ariana um, to be able to use it in my own music, in my own work. Yeah, like even looking at Kanye, you look at 808s and Heartbreak, like there's something right there in the title with the word heartbreak that sets up what's going to happen, what you're going to yep. be listening to, the production reinforces it. So you can get something that's like poetic and artsy, like Say You Will, followed yep. straight up by Welcome to Heartbreak. And like Welcome yeah. to Heartbreak is way more direct in ways, but the way in which you can stack direct statements to have them build on each other, contrast each other, even though you're being direct rather than artsy, there starts to become depth through juxtaposition and contrast and the buildup. Yep. And like it, when you start looking at those like global uh, or macro aspects of the art and what that's saying, it allows you a lot more freedom in the micro moments. Like people talk Absolutely. about Jesus is King, not being as lyrical as other Kanye projects before, but yep. he has so many references and allusions <laughs> in there, like from the samples to just like individual lines to even like follow God, um, jumping on Beanie Siegel's, oh God, why am I blanking on what it is? Um, or Siegel goes to jail. Uh, he keeps quoting it. What's my life like? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. He interpolates that throughout the entire song. And that just, even if the song's not as like lyrical as All Falls Down or St. Pablo, yeah. because of that, those added layers, it starts to take on so much more meaning so I, I think i think the issue is when people think lyrical they're thinking of traditional lyricism as far as you're probably saying a lot of words and it's very very like right there for you yeah and i, I think jesus king is is lyrical in the way he uses metaphor and yeah. in, in, in deep in that way and like you're saying reference and then on top of that on a side note for for someone who is just now rededicating their life to Jesus, I've I've heard people kind of talk about oh this he's not being deep enough about his faith or it's he's not like I don't know being like crazy I can't find the word no not even that but um, I'm I'm a Christian myself but um, I guess people were upset that he wasn't really really like dissecting a lot of what the Christian faith is and giving you really, really deep Christian uh, references. And and I'm just like, no, this kind of is exactly what it's like when you first become a Christian, whether you're rededicating. It's very much, you're just emotional and on fire. Mm. And that's what that project is. It's rough around the edges. It's blunt. Maybe you don't like the mixing Maybe it's not lyrical in the way that you have expected or that he's, that he's even done before. But I don't know. It was funny. When I first listened to it, I was kind of in that realm, too, of like, uh, sounds a little bit rough. Sounds a little bit maybe unstructured. Um, and over time, I'm like, but I actually just really like the music. I really love the songs. <laughs> and then a couple weeks ago, I was just in a really, really emotional place and I just put on the album and like the first song, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I get it. Like yeah. it just clicked in a way that hadn't clicked before. And even before that, I already liked the project, but sometimes you just gotta, you have to be in the right place to accept, you know, art. And do I think it's like top three Kanye albums? Probably not, but I like it and I enjoy the music and that's all that really, you know, all really matters. <laughs> right. Do you, uh, do you have your top three Kanye albums? <sighs> top three Kanye albums. Um, off the top, I'm going to have to say, I mean, Twisted Fantasy has got to be there because, I mean, you know, Twisted Fantasy. It's, it's Twisted Fantasy, yeah. A, yeah. 
I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 808 because I think out of every album that he's done, that's been the most um like influential and him literally creating a new sound like <laughs> from scratch, you know? Um but that third spot, man. <sighs> I found myself going back to graduation a lot lately. Nice. So I, I think I'm going I'm to say those three, but then, man, honestly, like Life of Pablo has grown on me a ton. Like just the way those songs are structured. I, it's a weird This that whole era. Yeah. yeah it's, it's so weird. And it, it, it's honestly, it, it rotates, man. Like at one point, any of them could, could be... <laughs> Could, yeah. could enter top three but um i think right now those are probably the three that i'm most i'm listening to the most yeah nice uh, we had a when we got to we went out to la and got to interview mike dean and there was this crazy moment where he's like talking to us and he's like oh yeah graduation and he gets up and goes over to a keyboard and he's like this is what we use for like stronger and just starts playing stronger crazy like, what the hell is happening <laughs> um what uh you talked about uh working on ariana grande like the two songs for her it was there a yeah. a difference in that experience of being in the studio there versus previous studio experiences uh in like the the dreamville's dreamville stuff no id or was it very similar uh very different so with the ariana stuff like i wasn't even really in the studio working with her like closely the, the first one i did um better off she was um she was at the house we were we were working out of but she was upstairs like recording um and they just brought me down acapella and were like hey you want to try something let's see what you can do in acapella and i came up with something 30 minutes to an hour and took it back upstairs comes back hey she likes it it's on the album <laughs> what <laughs> so, um and then the second one i was actually just here and um tommy browns is, is the guy who um who produces for ariana kind of led me into his his world i'm super grateful for that um he just asked me to send him some beats for the new album so i was actually working on a bunch of stuff to send to beyonce um, and then I think the Carters had come out and didn't make it. So I was like, all right, I got these beats. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, makeup was, uh, yeah, was one of the ones I sent. It's awesome. And then knocked it out. Yeah. What, uh, when you got the, the Grammy, like your name had been submitted with everybody for the Grammy stuff. Was that, what kind of feeling did you experience there? Man, it was, I can't believe, I can't believe what's happening right now. Like, that was, like, my first placement ever, like, producing for anybody outside of, like, me and maybe some like, some close friends, you know? Like, that was, you know, I, I kind of um, had this idea of, like, all right, I'm going to get in the industry, I'm going to have to probably work with a ton of people, I may not be the biggest fans of their music, but it's going to help me get where I want to go. Or, you know, it's going to be smaller level stuff, whatever. Like, I kind of just accept that that's what it's going to be, yeah. you know? And then for my first placement to be Ariana Grande, it's like, okay, there's <laughs> there's a special path being paved right now, and I can't run from this, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It was it was just like, you know, God is doing something in my life right now, for <laughs> sure. For sure. There's, 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 like... For one, how many artists can say, for one, or producers can say that they produce for Ariana? And how many can say, my first ever like production placement was on a number one album, nominated for a Grammy, won the grant, like, <laughs> like <laughs> you know? That's uh, really, really crazy. And I, I don't take any of that for granted because I know how special and I, like that is and how hard I, I worked to get to that point, you know? When you first, when they came down and started asking about the the acapella, in that moment where yeah. they leave and you're you're left to to do the work, what 
where did you think to draw from in that moment? What started you on the path to like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to shape. Like, did it feel a little overwhelming at all? Or did you just feel like ready and draw upon the muse? So this is what happened. Acapella, gave me acapella and there was, there were some chords. So the main chords that are in the song were art, were there already. Um, so I'm sitting there and I'm just like, okay, I've made a million beats before. <laughs> I'm just going to make another, I'm going to make another beat right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they go back upstairs to probably work on another song or something. And then, yeah, so I'm working on the drums, working on the bass and maybe 30 minutes go by and I'm like, this is trash. This is not good. <laughs> like, this is really not good. And then for like, 30 seconds I'm panicking I'm like yo this is my freaking moment right now and I'm missing it I'm ruining it I'm not like I'm never gonna get this chance again and I'm like ah, chill chill like this happens every, every time, time you make a beat <laughs> you you write a, a line that was the corniest line I've ever said oh, I'm terrible oh oh actually I needed to get write that because I, I need to get to this one word that builds the next thing you know um, so yeah I kind of had to snap myself out of it kept working on it Tommy Brown came uh, downstairs, heard the idea. Oh, yo, this is dope. And then he helped me kind of structure it. Like, oh, you should remove this because that's making it too busy. Um, cleans it up a little bit. Um, he's like, yo, this is, I think this is it right here. I think this is it. And yeah, the rest, the rest is history. It's yeah. such, it's such an, a key lesson in terms of understanding that like first drafts often suck. <laughs> And yep. like the the power is <laughs> yep. in the editing, like the power, like there's something necessary in getting good or bad out on the page, like sound wise, whatever, and then reshaping it. And that's really where our skill and our ability and our like personality comes from. Is it the draft, but from what we do with it? Yo, absolutely. And like getting, getting out of your own way is the most important thing. Cause I don't know how many times I've like, um, I'm working on a project. I need one more song and I need it to be like this because this is the role it has to play. But then I have these other ideas in my head like, oh man, I want to do this. I want to do that. But I'm like keeping myself from from exploring those things because I want to do this one thing. But every time I'm like, all right, let me just address what is actually just right here in front of me, even though I don't think it's going to work. I get it out and sometimes it just ends up working. And sometimes it was, I, I need to just clear the way yeah. So now I can work on this other thing without, you know, this thing kind of holding me back or distracting me. I, and another thing I learned from No ID, we were um, working on beats. And um, he's like, yeah, I'm like, I've been developing this drum process. And <laughs> he's like, you know, I haven't, I haven't figured it out yet, but we'll see. And so he's, you know, he's kind of discipling through drums and stuff. And honestly, I'm like, these drums are not good. <laughs> These drums are not good. But I'm not gonna sit here and be like, "Yo, no idea. Those drums are trash." Uh, I'm just like, you know, like they're fine, whatever. Um, and then I'm playing beats for him, and he goes, "Oh, yo, I figured it out." Goes to his laptop, he hits a couple buttons, plays those same beats back, and all the drums are crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, "What did you just do?" And he's like, oh, no, this isn't your stuff. My drums were just too, I needed to simplify them a little bit. Took out this one thing, make the loop a little bit shorter. Boom, is what it needed. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, he didn't allow the fact that he didn't like the drums where they were at to keep him from, like, just being okay with just sitting in that, you know? Because yeah. he didn't, like, like he, he didn't care. He was just, it's just on my laptop. If it, it's, <laughs> you know, like, it's. If it's bad, it's going to stay on my laptop. If it's good, it's going to get sent somewhere. Someone's yeah. going to be on it. Um, and just being comfortable in the process of getting where you want to go and not panicking when, oh, my gosh, this song is trash. This line is trash. Oh, that didn't work out the way I wanted to. It's just, uh, we're just not at the finish line yet. We're not there yet. Uh, how has that felt with getting Spectrum to the finish line? Uh, has that been a, kind of a huge influence, a huge... Uh, change in perspective from where it was three years ago to where it's at now? Absolutely. Absolutely. So like when I first, first started Spectrum, it was solely just to like get ideas out without having to um, make them necessarily fit together. 
I was just like, the original idea was I'm going to put out a song every week um, and whatever color it happens to sound like, I'm just going to attach that title to it. <laughs> and then the first two came out and then I realized I'm going to need more time than a week to do these songs the way I really want to, you know? Yeah. And then it became a month <laughs> between songs. And then that's when I kind of got discovered throughout that process. And then I'm like, all right, cool. We're putting a rap on it, we'll, you know, until I get where I, I'm, I'm where I, I'm where I want to be. And then I'm going to put out the project. And then just the project kind of evolving over time. Um, I finally had a, a concept for the whole project and then realizing, okay, these are the emotions that represent this period of my life. And this is how I want to present them. Um, but just literally be okay with scrapping whole songs um, if it's really dope, but eh, doesn't fit what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to do. Um, and like really, you know, ID helped me be comfortable with that. You know, like if you're scrapping like dope songs from your project, your project's probably going to turn out pretty dope. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, but yeah, so now I was actually talking to um, Zoot of our Pictures and Plays, Saber, about it. And he summed up like the summer, like the project so beautifully. And he said, um, it's like inside out for adults. Oh, um, oh. Yeah, every song is like about feeling um, an emotion and not being uh, afraid to like fully embrace that, you know. So if I'm angry, I'm not gonna. Oh man, I'm not gonna be angry. Like I'm just gonna be angry right now, feel it, and then let it pass through. And that's kind of been the exercise of spectrum is me really getting to know my emotions a bit more and being okay and knowing like, yo, this is literally just a part of being a human and some days i'm going to be depressed some days i'm going to be happy some days i'm going to be hopeful some days i'm going to be doubtful but if i can like improve my relationship with them and know okay i feel like this i'm gonna sit in this for a second let it pass through and know it's not gonna be forever you know i might i might just need to sleep on it and then i'm gonna be fine or (laughs) i not but i'll have to say when you describe it as inside out for adults i'm like that's perfect. That's exactly what it is. It's a really good, it's a really good way to conceptualize it. And just talking about like the emotion of that moment, I I feel like that's a really cool thing to be able to explore as an artist. I feel like when I was talking with, uh, Harry Adokwa, where we met at fire on the mountain party, like that was something he talked about too, is being able to really like channel those emotions that he was feeling and like the honest ones that he was feeling into that album. And, I think probably the standout thing about that album is just how emotional some of those songs really yeah. get and allow yeah. him to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that project. Who yeah. killed that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what a man. Any, when can people expect more about spectrum? So we're putting out a song every two weeks for the whole thing's out. So nice. first song just came out today um yeah whatever two weeks from this friday the fifth is <laughs> that's when the next one's coming out and that's okay. the that's the trend we're following yeah nice and how many how many tracks it goes through roy g biv okay <laughs> yeah. nice all right so that's good we're gonna have music throughout like most of the rest of the year then for a while yeah oh, no a couple yeah. months a few months in the summer in the yeah. summer yeah. perfect i'm yeah, excited man. looking forward to it and i guess this brings us to uh your last call so you get uninterrupted period to talk about anything that you want for however long you want yeah. so this is your time man i have one quick thing it's not gonna be super crazy but when i look at where art is today and how people are critiquing art and looking at art and they're like oh man like our best music is all behind us and everyone here is like they're cool but they're not such and such that's bs yo like if if it's true that we have all the best art behind us that means we have all the best references to pull from so like i'm supposed to have a better discography than kanye west that's what's supposed to happen if the best is behind us what are we doing like that's depressing you know like there's got to be people who are at least willing to like step out and be like yo i i'm better than everything else that was before us and 
should we should be striving to do that and then on the other end people need to be ready for that and be responsive to that and be okay with that if, if things aren't moving forward we're moving backwards at the end of the day um but uh that's what i feel like i'm, I'm here to do um make an impact make dope art make dope music make dope clothes movies all the, all the things that are on my heart man um and I'm, I'm thankful to god for everything that he's put in my life and the positions he's, he's put me in um that i can actually start to step into into that uh that role that's it <laughs> It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.